Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Wednesday, August 24th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. The street takeover scene in Los Angeles is growing in popularity, along with a growing backlash from local residents demanding that law enforcement do more to crack down on these dangerous gatherings. Often organizing on social media, people are blocking off streets to race and perform dangerous car stunts in city streets. In the last six months, at least eight people have died at or near these street takeovers. Nathan Solis, reporter at the LA Times, joins us for how a lack of police resources is making it tough to curb these events. Next, it sounds like more and more infectious diseases are popping up every day. Polio, monkeypox, Marburg virus, and other infectious diseases are increasingly in the news for spreading around the globe. It's not just one thing that is causing this, but a combination of factors like our increased contact with animals, the pace of global travel, and climate change. Hillary Brick, health correspondent at Insider, joins us for what to know. Finally, there's a mysterious illness killing dogs in northern Michigan. Officials are investigating, but they believe it could be a new strain of the parvovirus. What's complicating efforts is that while the symptoms are similar to Parvo, some dogs are testing negative for it. Layla McMurtry, reporter at the Detroit Free Press, joins us for what to know about this illness affecting young and unvaccinated dogs. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. The use of cars as weapons are not victimless crimes. And there's certainly not a game or a vanity project or something to put on your TikTok or your Instagram. Joining us now is Nathan Solis, reporter at the LA Times. Thanks for joining us, Nathan. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, let's talk about something that's going on specifically in LA is where we're focusing on, but we know these happen across the country. We're talking about street takeovers. Sometimes they're called sideshows. And basically, a bunch of uh, rowdy people block off streets, and uh, then they'll start doing donuts in the street. Sometimes they'll do street races. Hundreds of people can be gathering at any moment at, at these meetups, and they can turn deadly. People can get hurt. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in these uh, with these, uh, specifically when we talk about uh, Los Angeles. In the first six months of the year, we've had over 700 of these things happen. And uh, I mean, if you kind of average it out, just super simple math, that's like three happening every night, pretty much. And police say that their strained resources really don't allow them to get a handle on this. So, Nathan, tell us a little bit more about what we're seeing with these. Yeah, so these are, I guess you could call them pretty organic in the way that they form. People post information about these street takeovers on social media. Uh, Most of the people who attend don't get all the details 
And so maybe about an hour before they happen, but we're seeing that there is more crime that is kind of spilling out from these events. Some of the most recent examples was a 7-Eleven convenience store was ransacked in Willowbrook right next to a sideshow. So I guess police say that they're calling it a flash mob, which is, I guess, kind of a throwback to a different era. <laughs> right. uh, but this is a flash mob that ran in and took a bunch of items. And then also in our reporting, Melissa and I, Melissa Hernandez, the other reporter who wrote the story with me, we just kind of found that the crimes that were kind of focused, the deadly crimes, I should say, mainly were in South Los Angeles. So we were able to track at least six homicides related to street takeovers. So either they happened at street takeovers or they were in the area where they had taken place. Yeah, and you know, and that that part of it just makes sense. You know, you're getting a bunch of people together very late at night. I mean, they're already doing something illegal by burning donuts and doing all that stuff in in the streets. I mean, something bad is bound to happen at that point. People that do attend them, because you guys spoke to a few of them, you know, say they don't feel like they're doing anything wrong. They're there for the enjoyment of it. Uh, I mean, you guys profiled two girls that were waiting for that text late night to say, "Hey, this is the spot, and let's go." And they say, you know, it's something that they look forward to as far as police go, right? So they say that their resources, lack of resources, really hamper them in trying to get a control on these. They've carried out special operations to help, but they really don't work much. So they're looking to installing cameras to maybe catch more people, installing bots dots, which are those little white dots that can possibly limit uh, people doing the donuts. And the LAPD specifically has taken to social media to try to uh, increase the the awareness of this and, and put people who've gotten their cars impounded on social media just to kind of raise awareness that they're really trying to crack down on this. Yeah, you're seeing police kind of throwing everything in the kitchen sink, so to speak, at this. The LAPD tactic is kind of interesting because an officer started an Instagram account. It's not official, but they were able to confirm that it was an account that posts images of cars being seized by law enforcement. So you are, I guess, noticing that people and the comments in those social media posts are kind of like celebrating these, the recognition that this is something that's happening. But yeah, the people that I talked to at One Street Takeover in Compton, were kind of blasé about the whole situation. They were aware that maybe it was illegal, maybe it was something they shouldn't be doing, but they saw it as more of a get-together and a chance to have fun. I talked to some guys, too, and the guys were like, I guess in their mind, they felt like they were the older heads of the whole crowd, and they were like, yeah, you know, these dumb kids are doing things like shooting at each other, and that's not what we want to do. But they were standing in the corner with everyone else, so they don't see any problem with at least spectating or participating right. in that. And these really started taking, I mean, there's uh, L.A. has this kind of long history and culture of some of this stuff going on, but very recently it started taking off a lot because of the pandemic, right? People were shut down and, and spending a lot of time indoors, and you know this element was able to kind of run free, basically, while the streets were very empty and all that. So uh, the pandemic kind of started this resurgence of them, it seems like. It's obvious that the pandemic had a real big hand in making street takeovers blow up. They were happening before the city attorney's office told us that they were getting a lot of cases referred to them by law enforcement. So this was pre-pandemic, but now we're seeing the numbers are just continuing to rise. And the California Highway Patrol told us that they're seeing a lot more criminal elements spilling out of the events. So while the pandemic had a chance to bolster these numbers, it's just starting to uh, become more dangerous. 
Yeah, just an interesting thing. I mean, I see these things on the news reports all the time. And yeah, you know, for some of the people there, they're having fun. But then, you know, that car doing that donut slips out, hits a few people in the crowd. As you mentioned, tons of people, the spillover, right, can happen. People can get mad and do stuff on the outskirts of things. It does look like it's a big problem. According to the LAPD and CHP data, they say nearly 600 people have been arrested in connection with these takeovers since January. But we're seeing hundreds of people show up to these when they do go off. So just an interesting look. Uh, I mean, it's a, for now, though, it seems like a problem that's really, really hard to control. So we'll keep an eye out for all of that. Nathan Solis, reporter at the LA Times. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. These data suggest that we have a community circulating polio virus that can cause paralysis, and this is a source of great concern. Joining us now is Hillary Brick, health correspondent at Insider. Thanks for joining us, Hillary. Thanks for having me. Well, wake up any day right now and you look at the news and it seems like there's a new infectious disease that's swirling around the world. Obviously, we went through the pandemic and COVID-19, but very recently we're hearing about polio making a comeback. Monkeypox is all in the news. Marbug virus. I didn't know this one. This uh, seems to be like a cousin of Ebola, some uh, describe it as. But we're just hearing about so many infectious diseases surging around the world. And there's not necessarily one big thing that's causing all of it. It's kind of this uh, culmination of a lot of different factors, uh, interrelated factors that are going on here. And, you know, unfortunately, the spread is happening a lot quicker. So, uh, Hillary, walk us through some of this. One of the big reasons that uh, we're seeing a lot of this is humans and animals are having a lot more close contact. And that's especially what we saw when it came with COVID. As you said, there's several factors that are driving this, and they're all kind of related. But one of the big ones that people in infectious disease always talk about is human-animal contact, because when it comes to emerging infectious diseases, things like COVID, things like Ebola, MERS, SARS, monkeypox, there's a good chance it has some sort of animal reservoir. The World Health Organization says roughly 75% of new emerging infectious diseases come from animals. And so, you know, the more wildlife trade, the more pets and animals travel the globe, the more meat consumption goes up around the world. All of these things help contribute to just more opportunities for an infectious disease to hop from animals into people. Now, this doesn't happen very often. But, you know, as we've seen, when it does, it can for a whole new outbreak of something that yeah. we have never seen in people before. Another thing for this, and we definitely saw this throughout the pandemic, is the pace of global travel and migration has increased. So any infectious disease is really just an airplane ride away from coming to a town near you, so to speak, right? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, it, and, and as the global economy is so interconnected, right? I mean, that's easy. People are flying all over the place all the time in increasing numbers. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are, even when I was talking to infectious disease experts for this piece, you know, we're all kind of catching up on all the travel we didn't do over the past two years. Right. And so, you know, people are moving all around. I mean, we saw it with monkeypox first. It was in West Africa, then it moved into Europe and then the U.S. and Canada. And you can kind of almost see it spreading as people move around. Same with polio in New York. There's some good indications that that was probably introduced from someone who got a live polio vaccine, which we do not use in the U.S., but it's still used in other countries because it's very effective when there is polio circulating. So 
as you said it, you're just a plane ride away from any disease or any any human or animal anywhere in the world. So kind of another factor driving it. Climate change is a constant factor in a lot of things going on in the world right now. But here, too, this is also pushing uh, animals and things out of their current uh, environments. I mean, this is one that's uh, affecting us on a bunch of different levels. But the climate crisis is also a contributing factor to the spread of more infectious diseases. That's right. Yeah. So those are really the top three travel human-animal contact, and then climate change. I would say those are the blockbuster three things that are driving this, and they're all very much interrelated. Specifically with infectious diseases, when it comes to climate change, the warming of the atmosphere is key. You think about tick-borne diseases, insect-borne diseases, the ranges where animals can go, including mosquitoes, ticks, carrying things like Zika, malaria. Those ranges are changing as things heat up. So, you know, as one of my infectious disease experts said, the tropics have moved into Europe and North America now. So a tropical disease is no longer something that just a sliver of the world around the equator has to think about. Not enough routine vaccinations for kids. Now, this is an important one because we've been seeing even, I remember years uh, a few years back, uh, I live in California, Southern California specifically, we were getting uh, a spread of uh, mumps and measles and all sorts of different things. Yeah. And we're finding that in uh, very affluent pockets of the country, a lot of times, yeah. people are just not vaccinating their kids. And we have vaccines for all this stuff, and especially for things like polio, right? Now, the, the case yeah. with, with which it came to the U.S. is, you know, is different, but still, I mean, those are things that we can't take care with. Uh, with with, uh, with vaccines. Absolutely. And polio is kind of the classic example that we can think of from this summer. I mean, the reason that someone got it, and unfortunately, that man is paralyzed now is because he was not vaccinated. And there is a large percentage of people in his county who are also not vaccinated and so very vulnerable to that disease, unlike the majority of people in the US. So that is a huge issue. And on top of that, a lot of children all over the globe who normally would be getting routine vaccines, a lot of that has been disrupted during COVID. So just the share of babies who have gotten their shots for whether it's measles, it's polio, the mumps, whatever it may be, the World Health Organization is saying that a lot of those routine vaccinations in kids and parents who would be happy to get them, they just haven't been able to happen during the pandemic. So it's not just here in the U.S., but really everywhere in the world vaccination is down. And so that is concerning and something that infectious disease experts are really hoping can be caught up quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. And as you mentioned, a lot of this stuff is interconnected. It really paints the picture that we really need to get our act together to uh, help with all of this stuff. You know, our, our shifting perception of disease threats is also a thing, right? Sometimes you hear about something mm-hmm. and you're like, well, it's not going to affect me. It's not going to come get to this country. But when we neglect things that are happening in developing countries and things blow up there, again, back to the travel thing, right? It's only a plane ride away. And this is how everything really gets connected. So a lot of work to be done on managing these uh, these disease threats out there. Hillary Brick, health correspondent at Insider. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pay attention to um, if their dogs are are not looking well to get that checked out um, and to keep their dogs away from areas where there may be sick dogs. Joining us now is Layla McMurtry, reporter at the Detroit Free Press. Thanks for joining us, Layla. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, Well, here at the Daily Dive, we love our animals. So any story regarding uh, dogs and cats and just pets in general, you know, we love to highlight here. Unfortunately, what we're seeing right now in Michigan is a mysterious illness that's killing dogs. This is in the northern part of the state mostly. What we're Mm -hmm. hearing is that it could be a parvo-like virus uh, that's affecting very young dogs, unvaccinated dogs. Uh, It's killing them in a matter of days, unfortunately. So there's a lot of concern when stories like this start swirling around. So Layla, tell us a little bit more about what we're seeing. So the outbreak was first reported in Ostego County, but it's in a lot of different counties in northern Michigan. The symptoms of the virus have been Parvo-like, but the dogs were first testing negative for Parvo. Most of the dogs were unvaccinated, so people are urging dog owners to get their dogs properly vaccinated. But yesterday when I talked to the state veterinarian, um, as well as a lab technician at the director of a lab at Michigan State University, they said that the samples that they got did test positive for, for Parvo but it could be a new strain. So they're still investigating that. Yeah. And that's the concern right there. And, uh, you know, very much uh, akin to what we've been hearing with all the coronavirus pandemic, right? New strains can be more virulent. They can just spread a lot easier. And, you know, that's the case for even the viruses that attack animals. So we're looking at that. And, and, you know, when we're talking about parvo, we're talking about things like vomiting, diarrhea, bloody stools. It's uh, really tough on the dogs, but it mostly affects unvaccinated dogs and and puppies. You know, a lot of the times they're too young to have the vaccinations themselves. Yeah, definitely. So it was mostly affecting dogs under the age of two and elderly dogs. So yeah, um, they also urged people to just contact the veterinarian to make sure that their dogs are properly vaccinated and up to date if they can be. Also, the people I talked to yesterday, they said that those symptoms, like you said, bloody diarrhea, vomiting, those could be symptoms of many different illnesses, whether that be just a bacterial infection, whether they ate something wrong. So people shouldn't worry just because of the symptoms, but definitely 
call a vet as soon as that happens, just in case. And that's a, uh, another interesting thing, too. They said, don't even bring your dog into the vet specifically. Like, call first because just of the highly contagious nature of parvo itself and if you know we don't know exactly what it is right they're still trying to figure it out but even if it's a new strain it's going to be very transmissible and it pretty much sticks to everything you were mentioning in your reporting it's it it just uh, sticks to surfaces it's it's really easy to transmit yeah definitely um they told people not to bring their dogs on walks even outside to keep them in the house and um not come in contact with any other dogs especially ones that could be ill so what's the next step for them? Uh, are they uh, trying to, what are they trying to do to figure out exactly what it is if this is something else even? So the state veterinarian, like I said, and the people at MSU lab, they are continuing to sample dogs who were infected with this virus in their affected areas. So they're just trying to get more samples. Like I said, the samples that they received, they did actually test positive for Parvo. So they're just trying to see if it's a new strain. They're still in the process. There was also a virus in Europe that um, another reporter at the Free Press found out about that was like a mysterious illness. So I asked them about that and they said it was too early to comment on that, that they're still in the process of investigating basically and trying to figure out what it is because people are unsure. What was going on in Europe? What were they seeing out there? Uh, from the, what I'm seeing is they saw some stuff in Norway and, yeah. and Sweden itself also had something going on. I mean, what what are the same thing? It's a parvo-like virus they're seeing out there? Yeah, so I guess this was in 2019, actually. Um, it was a mysterious illness in Norway that sickened more than 40 dogs with some similar symptoms. Most of them died as well pretty quickly. They were trying to treat dogs with those symptoms, but they also didn't really know what happened. There was many, like over 150 dogs that fell ill in England at the time, and they weren't really sure either, but it was parvo-like symptoms as well. So I did ask if the virus here could be related to that, but they were also unsure about that as well. All right. Well, I know they're looking into it for now. If you notice any of those uh, specific symptoms, obviously contact your vet right away. But also just another call to make sure your pets are up uh, to speed on their vaccinations. It's very important. Mm -hmm. Layla McMurtry, reporter at the Detroit Free Press. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. Have a great day. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. 
To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.